Originating from a secret underground bunker buried deep in the heart of Chicago's north side, two fans dare to defy the laws of man to bring you a podcast about the south side hitmen, the good guys who wear black. There's a sense of pride. Um, there's a sense of, of purpose. Azagian, by far. He was my favorite player. Well, all time, it's Paul Canerco. I love the hot dogs. I love the grilled onions. And I can't believe it's been 13 years. 13 painful, painful years. <laughs> because good guys wear black. Good guys talk black. Hey, Sox fans. Welcome to Good Guys Talk Back. Your Chicago White Sox podcast that's fan-centric and blue-collar. I am Nick Morawski, and this is episode 37, recording on Thursday, September 12th, 2019, uh, after the second of three losses to the Kansas City Royals. Uh, Just ugly. What an ugly, ugly series. Um, We're going to get into that in just a bit. I want to thank you for joining us, though. This is your first time with this podcast. Uh, Welcome. If you've been with us since the beginning, uh, good to have you back. Uh, You can find this podcast everywhere you find your podcasts. You can subscribe, and every new episode will show up into your inbox. We're on Twitter, at GoodGuysTV, and on Facebook at our fan page, GoodGuysTalkBack. State of the Sox here on Thursday, September 12th. Not good. Uh, Sox are 64 and 82, um, guaranteed to be better than last year's team. Right now, we're only better by two games. Uh, Sox are four and six in the last ten games. Uh, in this past series with the Royals, Sox lost two of three, uh, with having Lopez and Giolito uh, both on the hill. Uh, 25 and a half games out in the Central. 22 games out of the wild card, but that really doesn't matter anymore as the Sox have been eliminated from playoff contention uh, this year. Something that I really hope, and I know a lot of Sox fans, especially folks on Sox Twitter, um, thinking this could be this could be the last year of that playoff drought. Looks like 2020. Is the window going to be open for this team enough for them to get into the wild card enough to maybe? win the division. A lot of things have to go right, and a lot of things have to go the Sox way uh, in the offseason. A couple things we're watching, though, right now with this team. Um, We're watching the successes. We're watching the failures. um, And one of the biggest cases is Tim Anderson. Uh, This guy is a really interesting case. Uh, If you've been following this podcast, we focused, we've been focusing a lot on Anderson, even from the beginning of the season, uh, after the Machado thing fell through and Anderson seemed to put this team on his shoulders. Um, what, what an offensive year. Uh, he's hitting 333 right now, uh, leading the league. Uh, I, you know, he's going for that batting title. And uh, you know, he's hit 406 in the last seven games. You know, he was hurt for two to three weeks. Uh, with an ankle sprain. You know, he's going to hit the, those at-bats, uh, that requirement to get him into that batting title conversation. You know, he's been hitting for power. 
He's uh, obviously been hitting for average. There have been timely hits. Um, you know, he's, had, he's a lot of attitude, you know, the stick talk business. Uh, I think he's really ignited a fan base. Um, yeah, it's, been, it's been exciting to watch. You know, I, I remember when this guy came up in the middle of the season uh, in 2016. And, and here we are talking about a guy, you know, we've heard about his athleticism and his potential. And here he is. We've got, we've got an average leader on our baseball team on the south side. Now, you know, he's also, he's also our shortstop. And, and the error watch continues. I mean, Anderson's at 25 errors. All right, that's, that's five more than last year. That's three away from his all-time of 28. Uh, he had 28 errors in 2017, which was his first full season. Really interesting case. Leading the league in average and leading the league uh, in errors. Uh, there were a couple plays over the last few nights that um, he was not tagged with errors, but you know the ball was hit right to him. And it's either he's not in the correct positioning, or it catches him you know by surprise. You know those those hits were they were ruled hits by the uh, Kansas City Royals uh, uh, hitters, but you know. One of them caused a, you know, a run to come in in uh, Wednesday's game. But, you know, in these September games, as the Sox are trying to figure out what their lineup might look like in 2020, okay, where, where are some moving parts? Where can we potentially play around with this lineup to see who we might target in the offseason? My question, if Anderson's got so much, so much athleticism, okay, former basketball player, we have no right fielder. We haven't had a right fielder the entire season. Why isn't Anderson potentially taking some reps in, in the outfield? It, does, does management, does Sox brass not see this? Are they just strictly concerned about this average? Is it an ego thing? Did Anderson t tell them straight, I'm, I'm not playing in the outfield? Can he even do that? You know, I, I, it, the question was brought up in uh, Sox pregame a few nights ago. And Frank Thomas fielded the question, and Thomas said, you know, I think he can play right field. And if he hits the way he's hitting, he can play whatever position he wants. And that's the key. That's the issue. If he's hitting how he's hitting, then he can continue to be at short. Now, when this team's competitive, he's going to be a liability, I'm telling you right now. We talked about it on uh, episode 36. So if he's as athletic as he can be, and if he's hitting the way he's hitting, Put him in right field. Try him out in right field for a few weeks. See how that looks. You know, it, the Sox are out of it right now. You know, this is September baseball for an underperforming team yet again. So why not, why not experiment a little bit? You know, is it going to throw off his mojo for the, for the batting title? Does that matter? Does, the, does your comfortable... Your, your situation in the outfield, in the infield, your defense comfortability, I guess, does that matter with your offense? Do they need to, to gel? We're, we're going to talk a little bit about that with Mankata later uh, in this episode. You know, so why, why do we watch as fans in September? You know, I, I have these conversations, as I'm sure you folks do, uh, with coworkers, with family, with friends. You know, out at the bar or at the game, you know, and uh, you, you might run into some people that are coming to their first game 
you're rubbing shoulders with folks that don't really tune into this team very often. You know, they, maybe they just decided to show up for dog day the other night. They brought their dog. I, you know, I, I'm talking to some coworkers recently, you know, they, they claim they're Sox fans, and, and it's all good. And, you know, their attitude is kind of like, wake me up when this team starts winning games. And, and I'm not, you know, I don't want to sit here and question people's fandom, but, you know, you're going to turn around soon, and, and we're really hoping, you know, 2020, and you're going to say, what happened to this team? All of a sudden, they're winning. Where, where can I get my, my socks gear? This is great. I'm really excited. How did this happen? You watch the games right now, and hopefully you have been for the last few years, because you're seeing the development of some of these guys. You're watching to see what Mankata's been doing, flirting with 300. You're watching to see what Jimenez is doing, and boy, he looked good swinging the bat in this Kansas City Royals series. Last 15 games hitting 328, four home runs, 15 RBIs. Jimenez is leading rookies with 26 home runs. You know, it's exciting to follow. You're watching the development of Cease. You know, his ups and downs, his small victories. I'm watching still to see Abreu. This guy the other night, he hits a double in the gap. It's the hardest hit ball by a White Sox player in 2019. I mean, Jimenez has hit some bombs. So has Mankata. And here you got, here you got, in my mind, the leader, the captain of the Chicago White Sox. He should get that C, that C on his jersey that Paulie had years ago. Lock this guy up in the offseason. Give him, give him the captain job. I want this guy to finish his career with the White Sox, a brave. I mean, this guy's still putting in the numbers in September. He's leading the league in RBIs. You know, that's why you watch in September. And, you know, I, obviously I didn't have time to tell my coworker all this. But, you know, I, you kind of smile and nod. And uh, I, I try to explain, you know what, man, I'm still with this team. I know football is, is on, you know, college football and the NFL. And, you know, but hey, I, I want to see these victories. They might not show up, you know, in the box score or next to the Sox actual record, but these little victories, these little, these little at-bats that you're seeing, you know, these, these battles that are happening um, with this team. It, you also, are, you're watching it for, for some letdowns. There are letdowns. There are a lot of letdowns. This, this Royal Series was a letdown, and, and I had a lot of hope going in. After Nova's performance, which, by the way, Nova's going to be on this team in 2020. I have a feeling he's going to be in the starting rotation. He's pitching much more consistent than Lopez, even the new Lopez. I could see Nova taking Lopez's spot at the rate this is going. Anyway, Lopez, hey, he's hot and cold. He turned in a hell of a performance his last start, a hell of a performance. And since the All-Star break, the new Lopez has been outstanding. But then he has these moments like he did Wednesday night in Game 2 of the Royals series. He gives up six earned in 4.2 innings. And, you know, Scott Merkin had a really, really good article after this game. It was on MLB.com. The Sox picked it up and had it on their site. And, you know, Lopez is quoted in the article talking about, look, I, you know, I just, I tried, I tried to get nasty with pitches and I, I, I tried to do too much. And, and if you watch the game, you clearly saw him trying to throw the ball through the catcher's mitt. 
And Lopez has the stuff. He's hitting 98, 99 miles an hour. And Stone, you know, Steve Stone in the color commentary is talking about this. He's saying, you know, I love his stuff. He's got lightning, he's got lightning velocity, but he's not mixing it up. He's not trusting his secondary stuff. And you could tell these, you know, Royals are gonna sit at any major league baseball player, you know, aside maybe Zach Collins right now. Can, can hit a fastball. They're going to be able to time your fastball. And you could see Lopez getting amped up, and he wanted his wipeout pitch to be a fastball, to blow you by. And, and it just wasn't happening. And I'll tell you, he's not mixing up his pitches enough to fool these hitters. He's not keeping them off balance. His secondary stuff was not working. And, you know, there are days as a pitcher, there are a lot of days as a pitcher, you just don't have your A stuff. So how do you pitch smarter, not harder, literally and figuratively? You know, how, how, do, you, how do you go with your secondary stuff, keep people, keep uh, hitters off balance? You got to trust your catcher a lot in that situation, and you got to just t- trust your stuff. You know, so Lopez's quotes of, you know, trying to get nasty and, and, and almost overthrow, you could, you could see it. You absolutely could see it. And, and there wasn't the movement, you know, that rising fastball of his. It just wasn't, it wasn't doing what it was supposed to be doing. I don't know if he was throwing it too hard or not, but it was right in their wheelhouse. And he was giving up home run after home run after home run. And the ball was flying. It was a lively night at the park, you know, a human night at Sox Park. You know, and that was really, that was disappointing. But you watch that in September. You know, you file that away as a fan. Because when he gets consistent in 2020, and Lopez is turning in four out of five good starts. You're going to say, here, here, he has grown. He has absolutely grown. And, you know, to couple that, like today in the day game, you had Giolito going. Well, that's a game you pencil down. That's a win. That's a win against this god-awful Royals team. Gio, five run runs in six innings. Twelve strikeouts to one walk. That's great. He's got those sale-type those sale type figures, where he's able to get his strikeouts, man. He can get his strikeouts, but he'll also give up some runs from time to time. Outstanding year for Giolito. Outstanding year. Post-All-Star break, it's been a little rocky at times. It really has. You know, and hey, that, that's going to happen right now. And this team, you know, there were statements uh, earlier this week, you know, Ricky coming out in the media and saying, you know, we really had plans to be a 500 team this year. No, that was never going to happen. This team was not set up for success in the offseason by management. You had some injuries, sure, but you didn't have complete seasons from a lot of players. There was some lack of focus, you know, and it just wasn't, it wasn't going to be that type of season. I was hoping for maybe mid-70s, you know, 75 wins. But I thought, you know, an 81, uh, 500, that was really stretching it. And then when you look at some of the errors that we had, our errors, I'm sorry, injuries, well, injuries and errors from Anderson, you know, injuries with Jimenez a couple times and Mankata, you know, up and down Lopez, uh, you know, Forget it. 81 wins is not going to happen. You know, so some of these guys, you know, I'm just hoping in the offseason, just get their heads screwed on straight. You know, try to stay within themselves, refocus, 
you know, what, what's 2020 going to look like for me? You know, I tried some stuff out in 2019. Some of it stuck. You know, when it didn't go right, what was going wrong? What was I trying to do? And I hope Lopez looks back at that game on Wednesday and says, oh, yeah, I was trying, trying to throw it through my catcher and through the umpire. He's got the stuff to do it, but that doesn't mean you should be doing it. Another thing I, I, I'm looking at, maybe you are too, and you know, I saw some people hemming and hawing about this on, uh, on Sachs Twitter, is where is Zach Collins? Why is he not catching? Why is he not giving, being given some catching reps? I mean, are, are we to believe that administration Sachs brass is just, this is top down, we do not believe in Collins as a catcher? I, I guess so. It's really disappointing. You know, I, we kind of saw it coming about a year or so ago. It just felt like they weren't going to commit uh, on Collins as a catcher. You know, so why, why is Castillo still getting playing time? Why is he not off the team? You know, I, th these things you, you watch and you wonder. These are the wonderings of September. You know, it, it's been nice to see, see Collins get some reps at pinch hitting. Boy, he's got a lot to work on. He is getting picked apart by those scouting reports. I mean, they are pitching him belt and above, and he cannot lay off of it. I mean, he can't hit a fastball right now. He cannot hit a major league fastball. And, and that, you know, but this is good because now he has a blueprint to go to the offseason and work on some of this stuff. So is he not, is he not going to be a catcher? Will he maybe share some first base time then? Because we're gonna need we're gonna need him to help out, so I, I just don't understand why we're not seeing more of Collins in different roles. A lot of uh, conversation, you know, uh, in the off season. What's this team gonna look like? What are they gonna be targeting? You know, who's out there? You know, the wish lists. You know, this is what September looks like for a team that's uh, got 64 wins right now, flirting with 20 games under 500. It's those wish lists. You know, and we could taste it, and we could smell it, and we see what's going on. We've, I mean, between Abreu, Anderson, Jimenez, Mancada, I mean, you're just salivating over the offense right there. You really are, and and you you know it's only going to get better with Jimenez having another year, Mancada having another year. So what are we looking for in the off season? You know, and uh, you know you got Dave Dombrowski. Been around baseball, been everywhere, put a lot of great teams together. Um, had some had some failures, was let go, struggled lately with the Boston Red Sox enough for them to take him uh, and re remove him of his duties. And and Dombrowski's an interesting guy because I feel like. Yeah, he's leaving some of his teams like the Red Sox and Detroit Tigers before that with a lot of financial issues. But is that all on Dombrowski or is that the owners saying, here, here's a blank check. Go ahead and do whatever you need to do. I want to get a win and then we'll figure out the rest later. Okay, that's what you got to be, you, you got to be careful for and, and, and leery for as a Sox fan. You know, I, I want that title just as much as anybody else. I want it bad. I want it real bad. But I also want sustainability. Can you have both? I think so. I'm talking about sustainability. Maybe not winning a World Series every single year, but, you know, ripping four or five division titles. Maybe getting to the ALCS two or three times in a row. 
get into the World Series a couple times. Sustainability, long-term sustainability. Now, is Dombrowski coming back to the Sox? No. Okay. If Jerry, if Jerry wanted Dombrowski back, he would have got him already. All right. You, you folks know that Dombrowski was with the Sox years ago during the Hawk GM days, which were just seemed to be just a nightmare. I mean, the amount of big names that were in the Sox organization that it sounds like Hawk Harrelson single-handedly just let go of, whether from uh, Dave Duncan to La Russa to Jim Leland to Dombrowski, I mean, on and on and on. And that's just, that's not even talking about the players. I feel like if Dombrowski was a Jerry guy, he'd have been back a long time ago. If Guillen was going to be the manager of the Sox again, he'd already be, he'd already have that job. You just feel like if it hasn't happened, it's not going to happen with Reinsdorf. You know, he's not Steinbrenner. All right, this guy, I still don't know how you get into his good graces, but guys like Kenny Williams figured it out. Paxson has figured it out. You know, Kenny Williams is going to, he's going to spend the rest of his life in the White Sox organization unless he chooses not to. So, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not looking for Dombrowski to come back. All right, we're with Han. You know, I'm going to continue to see what Han has in store for us. The money will be spent, Tommy Han. Players like J.D. Martinez, Mookie Betts, Garrett Cole, I'm hearing these names tossed around. Yeah, exciting stuff, sure. Let's do it. You know, there was this great episode of The Simpsons years ago when uh, you know, Springfield Elementary had oil underneath the school. And uh, they brought students in and just asked, you know, what's on your wish list? Ralph says chocolate microscopes. Otto wants a double guitar. Yeah, it sometimes reminds me, like, yeah, sure. A wish list, I love it. It sounds great. But then I immediately have to remember last offseason. Last offseason when, when nothing got done. Happy mistakes occurred. McCann and looks to be Nova. They signed, you know, Jimenez gave him an extension, and that's how the money's going to be spent. It really is. Until they prove us uh, wrong and they surprise us, that's what you have to look forward to, you know. Look for, look for an extension for Mankata, maybe for Giolito. You know, re-up McCann, lock up Abreu. You're going to have a healthy Kopech back. Hopefully a consistent Lopez. An improved Cease. You're going to have, you know, Robber and, and, and Madrigal. Hopefully Robber right at the beginning. Hopefully Madrigal not too far behind. If he's with the team. If he's with the club and he's not used as a trade bait potentially. I mean, those are the things you have to, as Sox fans, you have to just be realistic and say, man... After, all, after the last offseason, then I saw what other teams did and extended their talent and locked up their talent long-term. I can see that's where the money's going to be spent for this team, to set them up for success for the long, for the long haul. It's not sexy, it's not flashy, it's boring, but it could be very, very efficient and successful for this team. Do I want to see a right fielder, a DH, and a fifth starter? Absolutely. Absolutely, I'd welcome Cole in. J.D. Martinez. 
Absolutely. Are they going to open up the wall for that? Is Jerry going to approve that? I, I just don't think so. You can say all you want this offseason, you know, after the season's over. And, you know, I'm sure the Sox will be sniffing around. Their name will be in, in conversation. But we're at a point as Sox fans where I won't believe it till I see it, really. And that's the sad reality. But I saw what they did with Jimenez, and I, and I could see them doing it with Robert. Just extend him right away. Lock him up. Lock up Mikata. Lock up Giolito. Spend the money that way in-house. I, I, I see the trades being potentially an avenue for the Sox to bring in some talent, potentially. Guys like Madrigal, perhaps. I don't know, is Vaughn going to see a White Sox uniform? I don't know. I don't know. But you got a guy also like Anthony Rendon with, with the Nats, and, and I'm reading a lot you know, from fans and talking to fans about you know, bringing him in, maybe playing third, moving Mankata to second. Is that the right move? I don't know. I saw what Mankata could do at second, and I saw what his bat was doing while he was at second base. Do those two go together? Or is Mankata's bat performing the way he's performing because he's in another year in the league and not necessarily because he made a change to third base where he's comfortable? Or are Mankata's numbers reflective of him being comfortable out in the field? You know, when we talk about why isn't Anderson in right field right now, maybe taking a few reps just to see, just to see, is it because maybe he's not going to be comfortable out in right field and that's going to affect his offense? He's going for a batting title. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm worried a little bit if we shuffle Mankata uh, back to second. I, there, there, there could be an issue there. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, bringing in a talent like Rendon is... is you know, an obvious yes, if it can happen. But then what, what's the ripple effect? What are we saying to Mankata then? We, we don't really like your third base. We think you're going to go back to second. What does that say about Madrigal? Does that mean Madrigal's gone? I like what I see for Madrigal. Sure, he's not, you know, a flashy second baseman, a powerful second baseman, but I think that's going to come. Hell, if he could steal a few bases, not strike out, and have some solid defense, I'm willing to give it a shot. And I still think we can do that in 2020. All right? We, we have that luxury. But I, I don't know. I'm not 100% I'm not sold on the Rendon right now. I'm, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Mankata. He plays a hell of a third base, Mankata does. He really looks comfortable, and, and it's translated to the plate. And, you know, I... You know, you hear years ago, and you still kind of, you hear a little bit about it from Abreu, but I remember Canerco talking about, you know, when he was shifted more to just a DH instead of a, uh, a first baseman and, and how his numbers change. And, and that's a bit of a different story because you're going from on the field to not on the field. You know, we're just talking about position changes potentially for Makata and Anderson. I remember Dunn, um, boy, Gosh, talk about regrets. Adam Dunn uh, talking about his numbers dropping when he came to the Sox because he wasn't playing the field regularly. So, you know, those, those types of excuses. Uh, and I know Abreu rather 
he, he would rather be out at first base uh, and hit instead of just playing primarily DH. It affects his, it, it affects him uh, offensively. Uh, so I don't know if that's the case. Uh, it, it, time will tell, unfortunately, but hey, the Sox, I think, are going to be in conversations as they were last year, but, you know, show it to me, prove it to me, prove it to me. Uh, give these Sox fans something to believe in, in terms of where the money's going to be spent. Hopefully outside the organization a little bit, bring in some outside talent to shore up some areas. Going to take a look a little bit at uh, what's ahead for the Sox here. Um, they're going to be in Seattle for the next three games. Uh, if you are looking to to catch that game Friday night, I think it's a nine o'clock local start, and uh, you're in for a real treat because Dylan Covey is going to be on the mound starting that game. So if you power through and you're able to catch that, maybe out at a bar somewhere in one of the TVs. Uh, and they've got it somewhere in the corner away from everything or you're able to watch in the comfort of your home and you're up for that game, get ready. Kobe 1-8 with a 7-6-9 ERA. So that's how uh, the weekend's going to start. And then Cease will be on Saturday for the Sox uh, in Seattle. Great place to see a game. Uh, went a few years ago. Saw a series in Seattle. Uh, really fun atmosphere, uh, but those West Coast games, man, they can kill you when they're on too late. Uh, then three in Minnesota, and then they, uh, they'll be in Detroit after Minnesota. Um, we're going to start wrapping things up here on episode 37 of Good Guys Talk Back. Uh, I want to thank you so very much uh, for joining me. Uh, you can always find us on Twitter at GoodGuysTV and, uh, again, that Facebook page. Like that page, uh, Good Guys Talk Back. Uh, if this is your first time with us on this podcast, uh, find our podcast anywhere you find podcasts and just go ahead and subscribe and it'll sh- every new episode will show up in your inbox. That's it for me, Nick Morowski, for Good Guys Talk Back. Go Sox!